Megan from now, how do you say it? La Marais? Yeah. Did I yeah. say it right? Yes. <laughs> and so, so La Marais are, um, and so now I read on your website that that's a French word for tide. And so, yeah. which after looking at what you do, everything really, you know, kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so how long have you been, how long have you been doing this type of art? So um, art in general has always been just a huge part of, of me. Um, yeah. I didn't study art in school. It was always just kind of like a, a therapeutic outlet, if you will. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and so I stumbled into working with epoxy, um, more or less out of boredom. I was sort of looking for something to do. It was like winter in Maine. It's dark at five o'clock. Uh, yeah. You know, trying to uplift myself a bit. Um, and I stumbled into, um, river tables. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen what a river table yeah, where you've got like two pieces of wood and people, you know, put that epoxy in the middle and then do all of the stuff, right? Is that? Yes. Yeah. And so this was, let's see, I moved back home in 2017. And then all of these like river table videos somehow just start, you know, you watch one and then there's 18 on your... You go down a huge rabbit hole of like... Yeah. <laughs> And um, that was the first time I was like, ooh, epoxy mm. looks really cool. I want to play with it. Yeah. So what type of what type of art did you do before? So what were the some of the things that was it like drawing? Was it painting? Like, how was your, um, yeah, I guess what was just that art before you started looking at epoxies? Yeah. So it was when I was little, you know, like every kid, you'd like draw stick figures, that's fun and dandy. And then I realized I'm just really not good at drawing. Just yeah. put on the pencil and I picked up a paintbrush and that's when I really fell in love. And it was like painting and um, mostly like landscapes. And it was always drawn towards the water mm. um, or flowers. My, uh, my parents have this huge painting I did in high school that is the uh, portrait of a man that I, I made only painting with flowers so it's oh, wow. big, like these little tiny you know like beige colored flowers and then his ear is like a petal wild that's wild yeah and, um and then from there I went into more like abstract painting and again this was always just sort of like for me for fun and uh, yeah yeah and I loved how you start with something blank and just sort of I never had a plan and I think that's why yeah. I love epoxy is it's so unpredictable yeah and it's kind of just wherever it takes you right wherever your creativity takes you and yeah. whatever feels good that day you start to just kind of go in that direction right absolutely yeah yeah I, I get I get a lot of therapy from like baking. So for me, you know, I can get lost for a couple of hours, just, you know, get, you know, just into that process. But I would imagine this is that same thing, right? You kind of get lost in the process of creating your art and you just yeah. let your imagination and your mind flow. I mean, very similar to baking, you know, you start with something totally different than what you end with. And, you know, you might, 
you're making muffins or bread or you might add some chocolate chips or you might be like oh actually i forgot i had these almonds I'm not <laughs> throw them in there. and it's very similar with art yeah yeah and so and so when you first started working with epoxy i would imagine that's a whole nother level right like of all of a sudden understanding what this mixture does you know how fast it dries and like okay if i wanted to do this then i've got to so so how were the first like few things that you started to to work with so um now there's all different kinds of epoxies everywhere but mm. for some reason when i first started i had a really hard time finding good epoxies and also epoxy is so expensive that when you're just playing you don't want to be spending that much money on something that ooh, might come out okay and mm -hmm. so i was going to home depot or lowe's and i was just buying like whatever epoxy they had there and that stuff is just such an industrial epoxy it's so smelly mm. it now knowing it doesn't work anything like you know like the workability and and the way that it mixes with color pigments is totally different than the epoxy mm. I use now. So those first initial processes were all over the place. I mean, I, there was, you know, I have, my shoes had epoxy. You, you don't know how much it's going to run all over the place. But that's a good, but that's a good thing, right? Like, you know that you needed to start with something, but you just have yeah. no idea what it's going to do. So, so yeah, why not start with some of that? You get a, a feel and I, in an, in an idea, and then you become just better at it. And then you start to work with a better quality and you're like, oh, this is so much easier. Yeah. This is so much different. And then, but it's a learning process, just like anything else, right? Just because you're an artist in this capacity and it was painting before you still are this artist, but you have to learn almost a whole new medium. Exactly. And, and it definitely, the, the kind of epoxy you use, each one is so different and they all react so differently and they all have different cure times and, and different viscosities. And so I always like to say, I like, it's like painting with maple syrup, you know, it's like, I, I think it's going to do this, but then if it's slightly on level, it, it does something else. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is very interesting. And it, it's a medium that always keeps me on my toes. Yeah. And so once you first started with it, when did you know that like, this is really cool and there's something here that I want to potentially turn into a business? Yeah. So uh as someone who's always loved art i mean that was always a dream like how can i pay my bills by selling something mm. i'm so passionate mm. about and of course you know starving artist isn't a coined term for nothing right so um it was daunting for sure um and so and how long how long were you thinking about doing this uh, like was it something that once you started painting even in high school you had thoughts of kind of, I'd like to do this as a career? So I studied French and psychology in college. And then I went off, I moved out to France and I lived in France for uh, almost four years where I started my master's in psychology. So art as a career was never really on the board for me. Gotcha. Again, just because uh, it's so untraditional and it, it's not, it's, you know, you go to college and you get your degree and you go get a real job, if you will. And 
Uh, I am, feel so lucky and fortunate that I did not put myself in that cookie cutter. And I will say it was like the scariest and probably wildest thing I, I tried. And it yeah. was at a sort of transitional point in, in my life, if you will, where I just said, fuck it, let's, let's see what happens. Let's go. Well, and, and you have to kind of take that jump and take that leap. And the older you get, the harder it is because the other responsibilities and all of those things that kind of come into play. Um, But in order for you to live life with purpose and follow your passions and do these different things, potentially it doesn't look in this nine to five capacity. Um, But, you know, it's kind of what we grow up in and it's kind of that, okay, here's that safe and secure route and you'll have this, this type of life and you can have that expectation. But then there is that really that I think we all have that thing inside us that makes us unique that says, okay, well, sitting in an office for, from nine to five just doesn't really fit with me. And it's not, <laughs> it's not what is going to, you know, serve me best. Um, so it is a very scary thing to think about doing all of this stuff on your own. It's a little, again, it, you know, it's easier to be a starving artist in, let's just say your twenties than your forties. <laughs> so to your point in my twenties, I was thinking, you know, the deciding factor was if I don't try, I'm always going to wonder what if. Yeah. And yeah. if it didn't, if it doesn't work out, at least I know now and turn the page and I still have a degree and, and I go do something else. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, the hard work I put into everything, I, what I was hoping for came to fruition. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And so you were saying, so as far as, you know, kind of taking that leap and in, in, in starting with this career, obviously you started with the, with the painting and then kind of worked into the epoxy. At one point, did you start working with it that you said there's something here where people are going to, you know, kind of buy it? Yeah. Or look to buy it? So um, not soon after I started. So I started playing with it, let's say in probably November. And then there was like a local, like this really tiny, but local Christmas market at uh, like the local armory. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to them and I, I had started doing all these things and I was like, I think this is cool. And I'm not really seeing it anywhere. And who knows, let me just try and see what kind of feedback I get. And that uh, small little Christmas show that the woman next to me was the sweetest old lady who was, who was knitting little, uh, like little towels. And she just kept like winking at me the whole time. Mm. (laughs) It was memorable for multiple reasons, but it just worked out way better than I had anticipated. And at that point, I think I realized, I think I'm onto something. I need to tweak my craft a little bit, but I really think Mm. I have something here. Yeah. And so how many pieces did you go in with and did you sell them all? Yeah, so it was, I think, a two-day market. And I went in with two sort of kitty-cornered um, six-foot tables. I just filled them. So I, I had bought, like, plate racks. And I just had put them, you know, in the plate racks like that. And 
I went home with maybe like a, a half a table of them or, or something. And of course it's Christmas time, people are scrambling around. So that was something to take into consideration is, you know, everything sells quicker and faster this time of year. Mm -hmm. um, but even that I had started a few months before and had already started or feeling like I had got a little bit of traction was a yeah. huge motivating factor in, in my decision to do it full time. And so, um, I know you, so you do a lot of, co what was the decision to kind of look at the pieces that you were going to sell, like, um, cutting boards and then wall art. So how did you decide on what were going to be the pieces that you put your art on? So I love the wall art. That is my heart and soul. It's mm. what I really am passionate about, but it does not, um, appeal to such a broad audience as the serving boards. And so for me, it was something that if I really want to make this a full-time job, I need to find a way to appeal to the most amount of people possible while still doing something that I love. And, yeah. and, you know, so then I was thinking, okay, can I do like little coffee tables? Can I do, you know, like little side tables? And, and I was just so inexperienced, not only with epoxy, but also woodworking sure. that, you know, making these ginormous tables just felt like too much of a leap. Um, and of course, you know, I, I wanted to make this a long-term business. So could mm. I have made a table? Sure. But would it have been great quality where people would have come back? Probably not. It's almost like you would have had to learn a whole new trade to then combine those two things versus, yeah gradually which again now i mean i have learned how to use so many tools <laughs> um, and so that's how the serving boards came into play it was i was in um at my parents house and my dad always has wood stuff laying around and i had this extra epoxy that i uh had left over from this i don't know experiment i was doing if you will and I didn't want to waste the epoxy. And so I had taken one of his, um, which I found it, it was oak. I didn't know at the time. And he was like, Thank you. you could have picked any other wood here. You picked the most expensive one. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just sort of covered that uh, half with epoxy and it came out so cool. And, and that was sort of how things spurred and started rolling. That's, that's amazing. And how fun, like, you know, that it's like, okay, well, here's what I love to do. And even though there's a market for that, again, you want to make a business and you still get to do what you do, but now you get to do that where, you know, you can appeal to a mass market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because not everyone is going to have that taste to put that art up on the wall, but everyone's going to look at that and be like, this is super cool. I would love this piece. And then, you know, give that. And I would imagine you probably get a lot of people who give these as gifts and things of that nature, because it's, you know, you always look for unique things yeah. to give to people. Uh, and this is certainly one of those pieces. Definitely. And, and especially, you know, wedding gifts and things. I think a big thing for me with the serving boards is that it's functional art, you know, like we love doing appetizers. My parents will have uh, just cut cheese on a board all the time. And it's always like this ugly cut up piece of bamboo. 
And so, you know, having a way, or, you know, you're using a cutting board, you're cutting on the cutting board, and then you're placing all of that onto another dish or tray. And then you're just making extra dishes. And, and so finding the way to sort of combine both where you have a functional piece that you can absolutely cut on, but then you're also serving on it and it looks nice was something that when it clicked, it was mm -hmm. really like, okay, I should run with this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And once you started running with that, I mean, it's kind of taken off because, you know, looking at the different magazines that have, you know, uh, written things about you and published your art. And then I think of what, what was the decor magazine that uh, had you as one of the, you know, top uh, 10 artists to, to watch in Maine? Yeah. Um, or like, how fantastic yeah. is that? Yeah, that was uh, so crazy. I did not expect that at all. And that was the first year that I went full time. And, and then they just called me up, hey, we want to feature in this. What do you think? And I was like, yes. Do you know, do you have any idea how they found you or anything like that? Did they just? Um, I, I try, you know, I don't know. I think when I asked them, they said that someone stumbled upon a, a picture on Instagram. Um, I also sell um, in like local shops. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know exactly. I did not reach out to them, which was why yeah. I was extra excited about it. Uh -huh. um, so I don't know for sure. I, I should have asked that. Yeah, well, it's, you know, but it's all, it's all fun. And, and, and that's the power of social media, right? Like you put these things out there and it's yeah. just amazing how, um, because it is such interesting work and it's all handmade that people are just drawn to it. And, uh, and it's fun because who doesn't, who doesn't love the water? Um, and so I would imagine coming from Maine, I see pictures, you have an amazing picture with a surfboard that is, now, is that your surfboard? Do you use that? Or, you know, is, oh. has surfing always been something that you tried or love? So I am not a surfer. I, <laughs> <laughs> I tried once and it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, and also that surfboard is a wooden cutout. So it doesn't even float. It's not really a gotcha. Yeah. But um, I did after, so I got so much, I mean, that was just like a really fun, I just cut it out and, and I didn't put too much thought into it. And then everyone was like, wow, that's cool. And so I actually bought a real surfboard used, of course, uh, because I don't surf and they're so expensive. And yeah. I, um, I'm i going to refinish it. And so I'm oh, in the wow. process of sort of sanding it down and doing all that so that I can do the same thing I did on the wooden surfboard, but actually have a floating real surfboard. That's fantastic. Yeah. And do you ever do like custom pieces for people? How does that work? Yeah. So custom pieces are sort of uh, people usually just reach out and they just say, hey, I'm really looking for this or that, this size. I have a wedding coming up. The person, you know, I just did this really cool um, custom cribbage board oh. um, where the inlay was the island that the couple got married on. And Oh, wow. And then, you know, on the side, we just engraved their name and date. And mm -hmm. those kinds of things are always fun because it's super personalized, but it's also sort of something out of the ordinary of, of what I'm used to doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then customers, when it comes to wall art, is basically people usually know exactly what they want. They're like, hey, yeah. I have this space. I want to fill it. These are the colors I'm looking for. What can you do? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's that that's fun. And so as you're looking to kind of the future of what this business is, because it's not like it's that old, right? I mean, you've been you've been doing this for like three or four years, is that correct? Like three full time for like two-ish. Okay. Yeah. And so and so as amazing as this is, you know, where do you see, do you have ideas for what you want to do with the business in the future? So yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the beauty of, of the business is that it, it just sort of became a business. You know, my, my goal was never, oh, I'm going to create this huge growing wild business. It was just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, making money as if it were a business. So I should probably do the official things to make it one. And, um, and ultimately my goal for this is, is really to, to grow in a way that I am comfortable with and not in a way of, okay, I need to make the most money possible. I need to get my product out to the most places. Yeah. And my worst fear is getting to a place where this passion of mine turns into a stress and something that I don't enjoy doing anymore because mm -hmm. I've pushed myself to the end of my limits. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and with, but with that said, you know, I, I want it, I love watching it grow and I love seeing, you know, all the efforts that I put in really making a difference and, and looking at where I was only a year ago and, and, you know, pushing through COVID and, and being able to really oh, yeah. sustain everything is, has been a huge motivator. Well, because I would imagine that you would get a lot of people, especially if you sell in areas of Maine that have a lot of potential tourists and things of that nature, that you could potentially sell a lot that way. But last year with things being what they were, there's really not that opportunity. Uh, so being able to, to, to sell online and sustain the business is, is fantastic. Um, do you get folks coming to you who are interested in art and looking for advice, things of that nature? Yeah. I mean, resin art, you can look now, it's all over the place. I mean, I caught on and then somebody else caught on. And then, you know, it, I think it was sort of, we we're multiple people that were like, oh, this is cool at the same time. And, and, and um, so you always get, and particularly on social media, when somebody will say, hey, this is really great. And I'm, I'm trying to do similar things and I'm really struggling with this, this or that. Have you had the same struggles? Or if you have, what do you recommend? And, and what products do you use? And yeah, um, so it's interesting. It, I always want to help people, but I think as well, there's a huge part of the artistic process that is making mistakes and discovering what works best for you because something that I love and my style of doing things is not necessarily gonna be the style of, of my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And there's also that beauty in the process. And that's really what art is right it's it's the process it's it's yeah. uh, it's not necessarily we all look at art as this end result but yeah. it's the process to get to that end result that is truly you know the art that kind of goes into all of that and so how did how did was it just from kind of playing around that you realized all of the things that you needed to do in order to make this look the way that it was yeah so it's also playing with different products, right? So one doesn't give you the right effect, 
try something else and try something else. And, and I went through so many different color pigments before oh, yeah. I found the ones that I really love. And it's something to your point, it's the process and the backstory that you don't see in the final product and, and the colors make a huge difference. And um, so that is, was a huge part of it. And um, very interesting, always keeps me on my toes. Yeah. And so um, is this kind of the only form of art now? Do you still do other things to, you know, express your creativity? Um, yes and no. I will say it is such a, a, it consumes so much of my time now. And, you know, especially since I'm, I'm not just doing wall art, I'm, I'm always working with wood and, and molds. And, and then you find out that, oh, I went to the lumber yard and, and they had this really crazy cool walnut piece. What can I do with that? And, and so I really have been sort of engulfed in epoxy lately uh, and woodworking because there's just so many different avenues mm -hmm. and different things that you can create out of just one hunk of wood that it's really kept me busy and it's my creative mind has just been sort of winding since. So I love that. that that's fantastic. And so, um, you know, I, I, I want to be cognizant of time and I appreciate uh, you spending some time with me. Um, you know, what's the maybe one piece of advice that you might have for other artists that are trying to discover, trying to find their voice and, and kind of find their way? Um, you know, how, is there any advice that you have that, you know, uh, that you typically give out to, to, to folks? Yeah. I mean, I would just say, trust your gut. I mean, there's, you have so many different voices telling you what you should do and how you should do it and, and what your art should look like. And ultimately art is the most subjective profession. And if there's anything I've learned in the process is that when I listen to other people, I wish I had listened to myself and yes. that first step. And that's just such a good life lesson though. You know, it really is because, you know, who knows us better than us. And so when we take in everyone else's opinions, all of a sudden we can become a person that we don't really, really want to be. And so we only get one go at this. So be that person that you want to be and create that art that you want to create. And so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Megan, this has been an amazing conversation, really kind of getting to know you and getting to know your art. Um, where can people, you know, find, you know, you, where can they, where can they buy your art? Um, I know you said there's lots of local places, you know, in Maine, are there, are there shops where, you know, people might be able to go to um, as they're, as they're, you know, traveling to different parts of Maine? Yeah, so all of the shops that I sell in are, are listed on my website, and it's just www.lamareart.com. Um, and then you can even search and you can put the zip code that you're going to be in, and it will give you everything that's sort of around that. Um, and then, of course, my website, I ship everywhere. So yeah. there are no bad places. Yeah. And so I would imagine that getting to those, uh, although those little shops, was that uh, a, a challenge all within it itself is kind of going to these different places and talking to them about, um, you know, selling your, selling your stuff? Yes and no. Um, yes. In the sense that it, it takes a, 
a little bit of courage, you know, when, when you're bringing in your art to somebody else, you're always sort of opening yourself up. Like there's that vulnerability of like, Ooh, will they like it? Um, so that would be the difficult part. I think that the easier side of things for me was just that I don't have a common product. And so most of the shops that I went to were seeing something new. Mm -hmm. um, an obstacle is just that that also that it's new and, and people are looking at it like, what is this? What do I mm -hmm. do with it? Um, but it has been an adventure um, and, a, and a great one, sort of finding the right shops and, and the right fits. And yeah. so. Well, I applaud you because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability to put yourself out there the way that you have. But then it's also so so rewarding correct to yeah. then be be in this spot regardless of how much you had to step outside of a comfort zone in order to do that absolutely yeah thank you yeah well megan congratulations on on your business on your art it's beautiful um congratulations on being a role model for other people to to follow their passions and to follow their purpose and to and to be able to create a space and a business out of something that you love which is which is amazing so, thank you i appreciate it yeah 